What's up, Worship Drummer family? Welcome to episode 30 of the Worship Drummer podcast. This is John Manna, your host. You are part of a global group of Christian drummers who are continually striving to put the heart before beat. Why? Because we believe that worship is about the work of your hands and heart. Follow along online at worshipdrummer.com or you can always hit me up on Instagram at Worship Drummer. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Well, what's up, Worship Drummer fam? It's been quite some time since uh, I've published an episode and uh, thank you for all the DMs on Instagram reminding me. Some of you thought um, that we like killed the podcast or something like that. Listen, the last episode, it has been a while. It was like June of 2019. And I just wanted to fill you in on the back end of everything that's been happening. Uh, most of you know that I'm a lead pastor in the city of Toronto in Canada. And our church just had an incredible year off the charts. And... Um, Simply put, man, I had to dedicate most of my time to the growth that we were seeing in our church. God was, uh, and always is good, but in, in that last six months of the year, like just poured it out for us. And um, so from a church perspective, we were busy and, and I had to dive full on. On the worship drummer side, things are still going, man. Uh, I'm excited for everything that's coming down the pipe for 2020 have some uh, exciting announcements that I'll let you know of in just a second uh, right before we get to that uh, let me just say this episode is with John Saldanha a fellow Canadian I'm from uh, Toronto but he's all the way on the west coast out in British Columbia so um, I think you're going to enjoy this episode he's very much an entrepreneur and many of you actually in the DMs throughout the last year or two have, uh, when we say, hey, who do you want to hear on the podcast? I always get at least two or three requests for John. So uh, this is that episode, episode 30. We're going to have some show notes uh, with some links and pictures and stuff on the website. You can check them out at worshipdrummer.com forward slash 030 for episode 30. Again, worshipdrummer.com forward slash 030, and you can check that out. So real quick, we're going to dive in soon to this conversation I had with John, but um, just two things that I want you to be aware of that are happening this year I'm super excited about. Uh, The first being, actually three things then, Um, the first being next month, March the 9th, Worship Drummer turns 9. Isn't that insane? And so we launched this this thing back in 2011, and um, next year is going to be our 10th anniversary or birthday, if you will. Um, so listen, I'm open to your suggestions as to what we should do next year to celebrate 10 years, and um, the sky's the limit. Let's dream, and I'd love to hear your feedback. You can hit DM me on Instagram or just send me an email, John, J-O-N, at worshipdrummer.com. Shoot me an email or a DM at worshipdrummer on Instagram and uh, we'll figure out how to celebrate 10 years next year together. And so that was number one. Number two is we have a redesign of the website that we're getting ready to launch real soon. So just because we haven't done an episode, 
in about six, seven months doesn't mean we haven't been doing anything. Uh, so I'm super stoked about how it's turning out. I got to work with Tim from, uh, he actually works at Elevation Church and is in charge of like all their email marketing stuff. So I've uh, been super cool to work with Tim on this. And then there was a third thing now. Oh yeah, worshipdrumsamples.com, as if I would forget. Um, you know, this is something I've talked about since 2018, and many of you have been asking about it, and I'm happy to say that uh, behind the scenes we've been working on it, and we're hoping to have something before summer hits. So stay tuned. What I'm going to ask you to do is if you're interested in worship drum samples, head to worshipdrumsamples.com. Very simple. There's a, a place where you can enter your email just to get on that waiting list so that when we're ready to launch, you'll be one of the first to know. All right. So that's pretty much the, the skinny on the last six months seven months uh, for, for me, but also for Worship Drummer. And uh, without further ado, you've waited long enough. I'm so happy and pleased to present to you my conversation with John Saldana. We're uh, so honored today. I should say I'm so honored today to have the opportunity to have John with us. Welcome, John, to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, John. For sure, man. And listen, we have the same name. But your last name, I've avoided saying it until now because <laughs> I have my yeah. idea. Is it Saldana? You nailed it. Wow. First try. Okay. That's awesome. Because it's the H, the, the H in there that I'm like, ah. Yep. That's you... definitely it. Saldanha. Saldanha. Like, yeah. Ha. Ha. Yeah. And then you Got can just you. continue the ha. So Saldanha. <laughs> ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for those listening that might not recognize your name. Um, you know, I think most of the other drummers that I've interviewed have been a part of like a, let's say a mainstream worship band or mm -hmm. church. Um, at least here in Canada, I'm familiar with your context, but maybe can you fill us in on your context, your background and uh, where you're coming at us from? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm a local guy. I've, uh, I've lived in Vancouver for most of my life. And Vancouver, not Washington, American yes. listeners, but Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I've just loved this city. I've grown up here. I actually was originally born in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. And my parents immigrated to, to Vancouver, I think, when I was probably around three or four. Um, and ever since I can remember, I've always had this passion for beating on things. Um, and it got to the stage where my parents were so fed up with me beating on all the ice cream buckets that we had at home that uh, they, they let me know one thing. They were like, hey, John, if you want to actually play drums first, you have to learn how to play piano. Oh. Um, and I don't know how many, <laughs> how many drummers have had to experience that. Um, but my, my parents were adamant about me learning some sort of a melodic instrument first. Um, my older sister was a piano player, so she actually tried to teach me for a little bit. And to be honest, it was, it was not the greatest experience trying to learn piano, period, for myself, because I just yeah. kept banging on the piano the same way that I would probably drums. And that's, um, I mean, for those of you that are drummers and piano players, it might work well, but uh, for myself... I just happened to play it almost too rhythmically. Um, so, 
yeah, it got to a stage where my parents were just like, all right, well, you're obviously not putting in a ton of effort into this. So they gave up. And that never happens with my parents. If you know my parents, uh, it's the one thing that they've definitely given up on me for was me ever becoming a piano player, um, which is hilarious. Um, but they're super supportive of me nowadays. Um, but yeah, so they got me my first kit. And I don't know if anyone has uh, gone this pathway, but my parents are also super smart in what they purchased for me. It was a Yamaha DT Explorer, the, one of the first electronic kits on the market at the time. I know that Alesis had some models out, Yamaha, Roland was just getting into that market too. And I got this kit and I was so excited. I banged on it day in, day out. Um, I ended up getting, uh, I think it was a few weeks of drum lessons from a local guy. And then after that, to this day, I've been completely self-taught with the help of some of my amazing mentors along the way. Um, yeah, and we'll definitely touch on that too, because that's, that's one of the key components to, to where I, or I think where I came from to where I am now is ultimately is the people in my life. Um, mm. And by the grace of God, he, is, he, he actually blessed me with the most incredible community I could ever ask for. Um, and that even, that's obviously very, very adamant in a lot of my posts today and some of the stories that I'll share with some of my audience. Um, I value my friends and my family more than anything else in this world. Um, obviously, um, aside from my relationship with Christ, but yeah, I'm just, I'm incredibly blessed to have those people. So anyways, I, I progressed my, ever since I was a kid, I, I was born and raised in the church. So I started playing drums probably around, I think it was age 13 or so um, in the church. And I watched one of my, one of my friends who you guys might know, actually, his name was Josh Stevenson. Um, okay. So Josh is actually a, a pretty well known like name in, in Canada. Is he at and CLA? He, he's at CLA. Yeah. So my, the first church that my, my parents actually came to in Canada was the church that Josh's dad pastored at. So wow. we, uh, so Josh was a few years ahead of me in terms of um, where he was at with his playing. And he actually started playing before I even started playing drums. And so wow. I used to look at him on a Sunday morning and I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then we were also like friends at the time too. Our families were close. And so I like a few years had gone by and I think it was just as his parents were moving on to a different church to CLA actually at the point at that same time. Um, uh, like I ended up starting to play drums and kind of like remembering all the different things that I had seen from learning from Josh and Josh was just a, a couple years older than me too, but it was really cool to just, wow, all these things that I had seen from this younger guy, um, I guess growing up super cool. And then over time, um, Josh became this incredible drummer who I was always able to like look up to and ask questions about different drum related things and even just like watch in larger settings, which was really cool. And that actually, ha there was, a, there was mu a multitude of people along that same, uh, that same time frame that, uh, that just helped contribute to my growth and encouraged me, empowered me, but also this gave me opportunity. Mm. And I think that's the one thing that us, like I'm in my mid twenties, heading to my later twenties pretty soon. Um, I can feel it in my body. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that I've, I've thought long and hard about it is what, what is my legacy going to be? Um, 
And I really want it to be someone that, that cares, that empowers, that encourages, and then lifts up other people. And so what we're doing currently at my church, um, which is actually a church called Village in Surrey, BC, so just about 25 minutes outside of downtown Vancouver, myself and my friend Seth are, are continuously trying to find ways to encourage our younger guys to, to be able to lift them up and give them opportunity. And so we got a couple amazing young guys that have stepped into the fold that are, that are absolutely killing it Sunday mornings and in our other ministries. But yeah, it's, so it's also that mentality of, okay, what's come, what comes next? Because at the end of the day, I don't see myself as just a drummer. Yeah. Um, I think I happen to be someone who wants to honor Christ, place my identity and have it fully immersed in Christ. And then I just happen to be this guy that plays drums. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyways, if we backtrack a little bit, like age 13, all the way to, I, to where I am now, I, I got lots of opportunities from some amazing people um, that continue to invest in me. Um, and even develop me in my musicianship and in my, in my walk with Christ. Um, they were definitely like great spiritual mentors along the way. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's where I am today. <laughs> like it's, oh, it's it. kind of a, it's a, it's an interesting story along the way. Um, but for the most part, it's just, it, it highlights just, I think, I think I'm a testament to just good community. Um, mm like the people in my life have definitely helped shape the way that I treat people, um, the way that I think, the way that, you know, I even play music. And if there's one thing I can say as a guy that's now in my position, um, never stop investing in the next generation. Um, there's always yeah. something that you can learn. And so with that being said, still to this day, as a 26 year old male, I'm still like banging drums at youth every once in a while. Um, just because I, I love to, and we have like younger youth bands that are, some of the kids are in high school, just graduated high school, but then there's the older guy myself that's like hitting the skins. And it's, it's so much fun because, I mean, as much as they can learn from myself, I'm also learning where my roots came from. And mm. also, like, it's God teaching me patience sometimes because, you know, they're not always going to play it the same way that some of the guys that I regularly play, play with play right. music yeah um but in that just knowing that hey like i was at this place at some point in my life and there was someone else there were multiple people that invested the same amount of time um yeah that at that point so yeah yeah uh so, so there's cool. there's a lot to unpack here already lots lots so. to unpack yeah I want to yeah. just rewind right to the beginning because my wife and I literally had this conversation. I have okay. three kids. Wow. And my son, Josiah, is seven years old. Okay. And um, he's at that point where we want to get him into lessons. Now, yeah. my wife, she's a elementary school music teacher. So mm -hmm. she's like, he has to start on piano or violin. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, a melodic instrument. And I'm like, yeah. but if his passion is drums, just put him on the drums. Let's get, <laughs> let's get him in. Because that was me. Yeah. My, my dad was like, you know, let me, and he talked to the drummer at my church. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and he was like a, a schooled musician. So he had, he had like academia backing him up. But yeah. so he was like, yeah, it's good to start him on piano. This way he has a good foundation. So my dad's yeah. like, see? Yeah. And yeah. uh, 
And I was just like, yeah, but so I started on drums mm -hmm. and my story was the opposite. So I started on drums into high school. I was learning, uh, I was playing percussion in the music concentration program in Montreal. Yeah. And long story short, then, so I started reading xylophone. So one oh, line wow. notation. Okay. And then I was starting to go to youth group and my sisters were singing and they would bring mm -hmm. home like the chord charts. And yeah. so um, they stopped. So we had a piano because they were doing lessons, but then they abandoned it in high school. And so there yeah. was this piano. And then here I was like practicing my xylophone with my, <laughs> but then I would see yeah. their, the, the music yeah. charts from the youth group of course. They were singing in. And so then I started playing the melody line of the choruses back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, and then I would see like A, D. So I'm like, oh, what's this? And, and I figured it was the left-hand bass chords, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's um, cool. Yeah. So I just, I, with the theory, I just applied mm -hmm. it. And so then I learned piano. Yeah. Uh, to where I was leading worship at church, you know, with playing mm -hmm. piano after. So um, that's, my wife and I are having this debate right now. About, <laughs> so let me ask you. Yeah. Um, what, what's your thoughts? So your parents made you do it. So you did it. But looking back yeah. hindsight, like, was it that important? Like, did you hmm. feel like, yes, it gave me the base or it's like, regardless of that, I would still be doing things the same way now. That's tough because I think the goal for every parent, if they're, if they see that their child is musical is, you know, we want them to excel in that. But what does excelling in that mean? And I think for my parents, they were thinking diversity. Like, right. obviously, having a multitude of different talents in music might be really, really great also. So even though you love playing the drums, learn the piano first, because that's a gateway instrument. Um, I mean, anything can really be a gateway instrument. Let's just be real. Right. But for some reason, like the piano happens to unify people in a way that um, drums can and vice versa, right? Um, there's things that piano players can do, guitar players can do that drummers can't. Um, I mean, like we could sit there and retune our toms so that they're completely <laughs> melodic. And I don't know if anyone wants that. Um, but I think that they're stepping stones. I think like, you know, the same way that um, piano, guitar um, have rhythmic elements, yeah. um, maybe not as prominent as drums, it still will be helpful. So I think like if I was... If I were my parents going back on all this, I probably would encourage at least a foundational knowledge of everything that they had actually got me to do in the first place. Um, I just don't, I think that a good uh, amount of information about everything that music entails is great to start. And some may agree, some may disagree. Ultimately, it's, it's up to your, you know, the, what you think your child is really going to excel at. And I think like my parents, uh, they, they obviously wanted me to try piano, um, probably thinking subconsciously it would be way less loud than drums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thus the purchase of an electronic kit, obviously right, couple, right. like a couple months later. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if someone's banging on, on different things, you know, like sometimes I'd play with the refrigerator door, mom, dad probably don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're just banging on things, I think I watched like a Benny Greb video once. Um, Benny is like one of my favorite drummers and that guy creates rhythmic elements and percussive beats out of everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I was watching, I think it was Benny Greb video and he was just like playing with his car and he was like opening and closing the door and it was like all on beat. And I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. So, I mean, I, you can, I, I'm not really too sure as to what the methodology is. I think it's definitely contingent on a lot of different factors. Mm. Um, but I think a general knowledge of what every music, like every instrument entails and then understanding maybe how they all work together is the right. key component. And then from there, whatever your children want to want to pick up and learn, I think it's just good to give them opportunities. But I think it's, I mean, like understanding the differences between them all. And then from there, having them pick one to maybe excel in or, or at least start off with yeah, might be kind of right. cool. So I don't know. That's, those, that's, that's cool. just ideas coming from, from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, another thing that you, you touched on, which I think is a mm. big important one especially for like us as worship drummers um, that want to develop and and get better is you talked about the importance of the community that you were around oh yes so so let's unpack that but my question as we get into it is was it always intentional on your part or was it just one day you looked around and realized wow like I'm around good people like how did you mm. find yourself in that environment? Was it intentional or did God just align your path in such a way? And now you're realizing like this was important. Yeah. Um, I think that there's two components to that. I think it's a little bit of both actually. Mm. I think that, um, yeah, there was myself being a little bit more intentional. If you ask a lot of my friends over the years, like, how did John develop as a drummer? Um, I think there's two sides to that. It's the community for sure. Um, you know, the community and the, and the opportunities. And then there was also myself stepping as an extrovert. So like, if you get to meet me, I love to talk for long periods of time. Um, but what's, what's interesting about that is I, I constantly put myself into circles where I would just get to develop like my relationships that was always the key component for me, which is weird. So I'll say this, and um, this is one thing that all my friends know about me is I, I actually, I'm very passionate about music, very passionate about playing drums, but I'm more so passionate about developing community and relationships. Mm. I don't play drums um, for just the sake of playing drums all the time. I mean, yeah, well, that's a lot to unpack as is too. Right. But there's something in, inherently amazing about being a musician and being with other musicians. There's a community and, and there's opportunity that comes from it where you wouldn't normally have opportunities. Um, yeah. With that being said, that, what I mean by that is just the opportunities to actually develop relationships with people that are maybe non-musicians also. How many conversations do we start up on a Sunday morning or let's say when we're on tour or even playing locally about the fact that we're drummers or about the fact that we're musicians? Like God has given us a, obviously this amazing talent to, to bless the church with and even people outside the church yeah. with um, and he's given us opportunities to have conversations about, you know, a mutual hobby, a mutual understanding of, hey, like you like music, I like music. So why can't we be friends and why can't we have a conversation about maybe music or maybe it's something else, you know, right. like the amount of non-drummers that come up to me frequently and, and just might even give me a compliment or, 
or we start a conversation about maybe it's drums to start, but then it leads into something completely different. Um, I think it's just, I, I love, I love the community of musicians. Um, and I love playing music, I guess, just in recap, but I, I, there's something so special about the, if we're able to develop, you know, relationships from Mm -hmm. our, from playing music, what does that, what does that look like? So I don't know if that kind of answers the question a little bit. Yeah, Um, no, I get it. It's, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. So let me tie it to this. Like I noticed Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone who follows John on Instagram, we'll link to the, your, you have two or three accounts. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, all complicated. uh, We'll get into that. Yeah. Three. So what I noticed is you have large followings. I think that is probably now that I'm hearing you say it linked not to the fact of like, Oh, I'm this popular person rather more. So you love community and maybe you can. Oh yeah. Talk to that. And how does what you just said about community translate now to like your platform and even what you do full time? Cause we still didn't dive into that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, as my, as my man, Spider-Man said, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. I think that, yeah, yeah, I, I happen to have stumbled into this influence. It's weird. Um, I think everyone's been given influence. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with your follower count does has nothing to do with, you know, the the digital numbers and social numbers that we see online. Uh, It starts from, from your core community. Are people being affected by you? And if so, how, why? Mm. And, um, yeah, I think speaking into exactly what you're saying, like, yes, I have three Instagram accounts, which is kind of weird. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of integration between the three that you'll see. Um, if you, if you by any chance, like happen to follow one, one of the accounts, um, I'm, I have them all specifically built for niche type, like a niche type of my life. Let's just say like one is personal one is more business related and then the other is like music related. Um, but music and business, which we'll touch on, I'm sure a little bit later is actually kind of intertwined for me too, but I like to just be able to have the separation so that, you know, the people that love, let's say my music content can just go follow that and they can engage with that and I can interact with them on that account. And then I have a content creation slash business account also where I partner with a multitude of brands where I've worked from brands from, like Bose to Uber. Um, and uh, that also has kind of come out of nowhere. All of these things, I, I will say that have completely come um, to my doorstep in, I guess I just, I had no idea that I'd be at this place in my life. If you asked me 10 years ago, like hmm. I would have probably still been working. I would have told you 10 years ago. Yeah. I'd just be working a nine to five, which I was at, at that point. Um, as soon as I uh, graduated, at least from, um, from post-secondary, but worked the nine to five, you know, after the, the five, I probably just go to church, play music, and then, you know, come back home, do it all over again. And that's not the case anymore, just because I am self-employed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how all those things work together. Um, it's John, the drummer, John, the businessman, and then John, just his personal life, all separated yeah. via, via uh, Instagram, which is weird. No, so I love it. I yeah. love it. 
Um, I, I want to go there now. Like, so what do you do mm-hmm. for business? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned like Uber and Bose. So, uh, yeah. like I'm sure all of us are leaning in now saying, what the heck? How did that happen? Yeah. And yeah. what do you actually do? Crumbs <laughs> was your full-time thing, right? So, yeah. um, kind of fill in, fill in the gap for us there. Yeah. So, Breaking news, John is not a full-time drummer. Um, I think this is one of probably the biggest misconceptions of people viewing my work on, on Instagram or even YouTube. Um, they assume that I have all this time in the world to sit and create content. Um, and when's the next video coming out? I get DM'd or emailed all the time or even in my comments. I love it. Honestly, thank you. Please continuously encourage me and nag me for new content because yeah. I won't do it without you guys. Um, but on the polar opposite side of that, I actually, so I'm not a full-time drummer. I happen to play once in a while. I actually am moving more to, to a contract basis. And in 2020, I've booked a plethora of dates already where I'll be traveling all around uh, North America. Um, but I actually am self-employed. I run my own marketing and management business at the moment. Um, and so basically I am moving that business over to talent representation. So that's mm. pretty much what I do. So I manage content creators, so videographers and photographers. And then I also um, manage artists in the Canadian music industry. Um, and so that's basically the combination. That's, that's my work right now. Um, and it's that's a cool. lot of fun. And again, like everything I was talking about before, I stumbled into it. I happened to develop like relationships with some really cool people. And a couple of years after we had been really good friends, they reached out to me and, and was like, hey, you know what? Um, why don't you represent me? And that's basically where everything started. Um, wow. So it was just out of, yeah, it was out of relationship. I think like even all my, my core clients, um, they we we just happen to be good friends and then from there we the opportunity came to work together and by the grace of god we're still going to continue being friends uh for for the at least the entirety of us working together even and even after that um but yeah like that's kind of like what i do for a living it's a little interesting people always ask me a lot of my friends too they're like so john what does your day look like like what do you actually do how do you make money Um, and that's, that's basically in essence what I tell people I do. Um, it's hard to define what a nine to five looks like because it's lots of meetings, lots of conference calls like this, um, even lots of traveling locally. Um, I don't travel too much, at least internationally or even, uh, outside of BC, but 2020 is a new chapter, lots of cool things that I'll even be sharing about in the in the next coming in the coming weeks we'll just say that so so that's that's basically the yeah what my my job looks like and then outside of let's say the quote-unquote nine to five because my job's not necessarily nine to five um but uh yeah outside of that time from i try to schedule as much time to play music also and so i'm probably like working you know a regular like 40 to 60 hour week because mm. in my, my line of work, it's work all the time, but then I'm also playing music about 20 hours a week. So wow. it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of things happening all the time. Thus, even just trying to schedule something like this is a little bit tougher, um, especially yeah. during a busier season that we have coming up. But 
yeah, it's, it's really cool. Honestly, I, I, ha- I just, I'm incredibly blessed to have the opportunities that I have. Um, and God has just continued to open up the craziest of doors. And truth be told, like growing this company has been um, pretty, pretty tough. Um, like in terms of there was a lot of hours put for no money at all. And wow. for finally, at the beginning of this year, I became full-time. And then next year, we're booking well into 2020. And yeah, it's, it's just been amazing. So, so that's just a little bit of insight into what I do um, for a living. And then I happen to also now get a portion of my income from playing music and traveling. But that's, yeah. I always want that to be something that goes hand in hand with what I do. Um, yeah. Just because everything is so intertwined. And that kind of leads me to, to what we were talking about before is um, I love being this person that happens to have a versatile uh, set of giftings. I think it helps also in my, in my job, just being able to understand how to do all these things. Because as much of a let's say a videographer or photographer that I am, or even a drummer, um, I'm also trying to learn the fundamentals of each, um, hmm. let's say each business. Let's say so for some of the content creators that I manage, like now I know how to actually communicate a certain idea visually to them. You know, as a drummer, I have now like co-produced a couple different things. And so I now know exactly what to tell, you know, the engineer or producer. Not exactly. I'm still learning. Still learning right. the fundamentals of logic for sure. And I, I have one of my good buddies, Josh Caspian, who's, who's I've heard that name. He he mixes a lot of the audio that I produce and I post. Um, he's just an absolutely phenomenal guy. He's also an extrovert, which is really cool. So um, <laughs> he's also the audio director at Village Church, the church nice. that I go to. So working hand in hand with him, was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I think just under, he's been t- teaching me like the fundamentals of logic and, and how to utilize, you know, key components, like even let's say slate drums. So I'm learning mm-hmm. how to trigger properly and all of that t- type of stuff. Um, so like understanding the fundamentals so that I can use that in my job, let's say for the artists that I represent, when we get a mix back from our label and we're able to say, hey, you know what? Oh this is what I think could be added or removed or changed. And so I'm learning. I want, I just want to be someone that has the fundamental knowledge yeah. of all these different things so I can communicate better. And what's hilarious about that fundamental knowledge is it's also my hobby. So, <laughs> so as you, as you right. can probably hear from just like the way that I talk about things, I'm really passionate about what I do. Um, really happy to, to have the opportunities um, that I do. But what's really cool is like my hobbies and my job are completely intertwined, which, yeah, which is, which is sweet. I love it. So uh, I want to get super practical with this uh, content as well that we're talking about. Um, Because obviously what you do on Instagram is, is great. Um, I love the stuff you put out, not just because it's like, oh, that's like, you're a good drummer but even it, the visuals part, right? On all your accounts. So <laughs> Cool, thank you. Like what are some tips you could give someone who maybe they have an Instagram or a YouTube account where they want to just kind of up their game for 2020 perhaps and yeah. uh, put their best foot forward in just yeah. inspiring other people with their craft or their gifting? What, what, yeah. what are some tips? Oh, okay, I, go. Got, I got go. one big tip hang out, spend time 
be in community with people that are way more talented than you. Mm. <laughs> um, I think that's, it's, it rubs off on you. Um, the same way that I was talking about even playing, you know, playing drums at youth. Um, the, the reason why I want to do that is obviously empower these kids to, to be able to, to get better and to learn their craft and to be excited about their craft. And the one way they're going to be excited about that craft is if they see what the end result looks like too. Right. They have someone to look up to. Um, and maybe none of my youth kids look up to me. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but I think it's, it's good to have, you know, people that you're surrounded by that you can ask questions, um, that you can learn from. The same way that even some of my peers, um, like let's say, for example, Josh, just him sitting in the studio and just showing me, hey, like, John, this is how I would mix this a certain way. Um, like, things like that. Um, there's... Like, there's no way that I'm ever going to be able to compete with the type of mix qualities that Josh is able to produce. Right. But at least I can learn some of the, fun, the fundamentals. It's also because I don't necessarily want to learn how to do all that stuff. <laughs> I'd rather just hire guys out like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think with that being said, like, have um, and try to find people that, you know, are willing to to put their time into yourself. Um, and I know that's easier said than done just because it depends on location. It depends on the current community you have, all of those things. Um, but if you can find a way to like actually develop relationships with, with these people that are far more talented than you, I think that just subconsciously um, it's going to rub off. Hopefully also in terms of your walk, your relationship with Christ, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of like really cool things that come out of that. Because I know that some of the older guys that I looked up to, or even some of my peers, are just the most amazing people you ever meet. They're just, mm. they're humble, they're compassionate, they're intelligent, um, and uh, they, they just know how to teach people. Um, yeah. And so, so that's kind of rubbed off on myself. And then I hope that like, I'm encouraging and challenging my group of friends, you know, you know, in the music sphere as well as outside the music sphere. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think that's probably the one thing that I'd say is like find and invest uh, and develop relationships with people um, that are far more talented than you. Obviously, there's a, there's a huge heart component to it, too. So whoever that you are in community with, just know that, you know, if their heart is not in the right place, if their intentions are, you know, a little wonky, I mean, that might start rubbing off on you, too. Um, that's not to say that if you're really confident and immersed in your identity in Christ, that you won't change that. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I think that's, that's how I would approach that. Um, yeah. I think just finding people like even to be honest, if you're a musician, if you're a drummer, um, the one thing that I would say is constantly watch the best drummers in the world. You have access to YouTube. Um, there's subscription based services like Drumeo even out there. Um, yeah. And fun fact, actually, like the Drumeo guys are in Abbotsford, which is just like about 45 minutes from where I live. Um, so they're not too far away. So a lot of great things coming out of Vancouver, Canada. Um, Come on. But um, yeah, I think it's just, just, you know, if you're watching good drummers, if you're watching good musicians, if you're watching great, you know, photographers or videographers, you're naturally going to become, you know, better. Um, not yeah. to say that you'll become, you know, exactly like them, but you're going to learn. And so I think that's just, that's what happened for me. Like I happen to be surrounded by a community of amazing musicians, amazing photographers, amazing videographers, amazing businessmen. And it just all happened to start rubbing off on me. 
Um, So, I mean, yeah, I think that's the long-winded answer to that. Nice. So a couple of quick fire questions then. Yeah, Um, okay. Top top two or three apps on Instagram or on your iPhone or smartphone that you use to get your stuff ready to post. Uh, or is it all funny. done like in Photoshop uh, or something? <laughs> I mean, it depends what account we're talking about now here too. Right. Um, so I, I think. In okay, let's let's like, stick with, let's stick with drumming then. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, so in terms of drumming, um, Premiere. I use Adobe Premiere for everything. Um, I'm still like learning the fundamentals of like video creation, but it's been a it's a lot of fun. So I'd say I use Adobe Premiere for almost everything. There's a couple other apps out there that. You know, once in a while, I'll use for stories. Um, I think like mm-hmm. Filto is one of them. There's, there's some cool stuff. Instagram now, like inside their own app for stories, they have some incredible features. Yeah. So I would utilize that as much as possible too. Um, yeah, in terms of just taking photos for like, you know, drums, I, I'll take just straight on my iPhone. Um, and, and then try to actually, I shoot everything. This is for the photographers that are also drummers. I shoot everything in Lightroom Mobile. So you have, it shoots a raw DNG file. So you're able to wow. actually control much more of the, of the camera settings in your iPhone. So I would highly recommend, you know, just doing stuff like that. Um, video creation. I literally have just set up an iPhone camera recorded yeah. in 4k and that's just how things go. And then for audio, um, I'll sometimes grab a whole bunch of multi-tracks and I'll try mixing them myself. So I've done that a couple of times, but most of the time it'll be someone like Josh that would be like, Hey, want to do a drum video? And then we'll yeah, just yeah. set up a camera and then he'll like, he'll track it all. And then he'll, um, he'll mix it all for me and then send it over my way. And then I just insert it via Adobe premiere. So that's, that's the methodology. Yeah. I love it. So there you yeah. go. That's the secret sauce. Right that's the there. secret. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I want to talk a bit about your church and kind of your, what a typical day looks like. So for some context, like Mm -hmm. uh, last I checked, you don't own a building. You're renting out space every single week with thousands of people that come to your church. Um, so what does a Sunday look like? What time do you get to the venue? How does the setup run through sound check? Like walk us through a, a Sunday at village church yeah this is a fun one um so we are completely mobile everything that we do is mobile except our office we we do rent office space out uh actually right by the church um that we rent out it's actually not a church sorry so the main campus that we film everything out of um and that i attend also um it's at the bell performing arts center um like about a two minute drive from our church office Mm. but it's basically housed in a school. So we're able to do a lot of other things um, other than just having like, you know, the set service. Cause obviously you have to have kids ministry, youth ministry, other, other ministries going on at the same time. So because it's entirely mobile, um, we show up at 6am in the morning. Um, that's, that's the first thing. Like we have to be right at the front gate at 6am in the morning. Um, and then we just start offloading everything that we have stored mobily in our trucks. And so that's, that's going in full swing right from six to probably around seven. We set up an LED wall every single Sunday. Um, and that is a task on its own. Maybe I might have to do like a behind the scenes, you know, set up one day because it is outrageous. The, the team that we have, we probably have about like 20 production members and then we have about 10 musicians. Um, 
But to set up that LED wall and then take it down, which is what we do actually every single Sunday, is an outrageous amount of work. Um, and um, yeah, I think that what's really cool about the whole setup is it's a high production environment. Like we want people to come to church and, and you know, it's like, oh, oh, like our church is also pretty open about it. Like we, we definitely want to, to encourage like skeptics and non-Christians to show up. Um, yeah. Cause that's, that's um, one of, I think it's, it's just, it's just a, a beautiful way to show and represent the church um, from, I guess, what people might not see as like a defining cultural standard. Like I think a lot of people say, Oh, you know, like, you know, the average church doesn't have like amazing musicians, amazing lighting, amazing um, production, and also amazing, you know, theologically rich teaching. Um, And that's the reason why I actually ended up at the church that I'm at. Um, My pastor, Mark Clark is check him out. Look at, look at his, uh, take a read through his book, the problem of God. It's an mm. unbelievable book for skeptics. Um, and I've had a lot of my atheist friends even actually take a look at the book. And I've started asking questions with myself. So also real quick, like my background is in Christian apologetics too. So that's a whole other story for nice. another day. Um, <laughs> but it's really cool to see from 6 a.m. all the way till about 2 p.m. 2, uh, 2 p.m. we have to be out of that Bell Performing Arts wow. Center. So we set up first services at 8, second service at 9.20. Then we got 10.40 and 12. But we do four services and we, uh, it's just, it's the craziest setup. Like, I don't really know how to explain it until you just show up on a Sunday morning. You see it, you see the amount of people going, like how obviously uh, calculated the production team is. They know exactly what to do, when to do it. Um, And uh, yeah, how like focused they are too. Um, So it's, it's really cool. It's a lot of work. Um, and that's actually for all our campuses right now. So we don't have live music for all our campuses. Um, but for a couple of them, we actually do this 6 a.m. in the morning start time. And then we finish, you know, around two o'clock or so. So that's what the church looks like. I mean, like one day I'll have to do like a, a quick tour series so that you guys see what actually goes on behind the team. And then anyone, like I'll, I'll say this, anyone that okay. wants to, check it out also it happens to be in vancouver send me a dm actually send me an email i'm clogged with dms right now <laughs> but send me an email and if you want to come say hi even go out for lunch or something like that on a sunday morning and see how our church operates too like let me know and i'll be happy to set that up um but it is okay. a very cool setup like the standard of excellence that we try to achieve um i think is unlike a lot of things that i've seen out there and what i love about it too is the community that we have built there in the production and the and the worship side of things is absolutely incredible like people just love each wow. other they want to be around each other and uh it's it's the one thing that obviously like it can like i mean it's the mission yeah. obviously first but then the community is what keeps people coming back to serve and give up right. obviously there's 6 a.m all the way to 2 p.m so it's a, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Wow. I'm blown yeah. away by, by that. And so one yeah. day I'll have to take you up on this offer too. Yeah. Oh, for and, sure. No, we'd love I'll to have come, you up. I'll come by and maybe we'll do the behind the scenes together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. It'd be really cool. Yeah, man. Um, I've also noticed that you have the opportunity of playing with some artists like, uh, 
Kea from Hillsong yeah. came through. Most mm -hmm. recently, I remember Henry Seeley about a year ago or so. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, like earlier this year. Oh, it was yeah. this year through uh, like yeah. Worship Central stuff. That's correct. Yeah, I'm and part so, of the Worship Central Canada division. Yeah, like talk talk to us a bit about like how you prepare for those kind of opportunities. How mm -hmm. did you get picked versus Josh, yeah. let's say? Like, yeah. not that it's him or me, but in mm -hmm. the sense of like, because I think it tells of how you kind of approach your life and how you view it mm -hmm. as serving and ministry, your attitude, your heart. My personal thing is like, that's what Worship Drummer is all about, right? Putting the yeah. life before people. So mm -hmm. I believe God honors our faithfulness. God honors our motivation if it's pure. Yeah. And he blesses in those areas. So just maybe talk to us about how those opportunities kind of opened up to you. And then how was that yeah. experience with someone like yeah. Henry, especially who's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like a producer, won a Grammy, like a worship of course, yeah. running a church, but a worship movement out of Nashville. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me start off by saying this again. <laughs> like, um, I mean, like, I'm surrounded by people that are far more talented than me. Um, and that that's in every, every single field. And it happens to come down to community again. Um, with that being said, uh, I just, I continue to, to just work hard in, in the, in the craft. Um, and I know that there's far more talented drummers. There's far more talented musicians than myself. Um, but for some reason, I happen to be like, I happen to get that call. Um, it's, it's honestly, I, I don't really know how to explain how, how or why that happens. Um, yeah. But I can only say that it's only by the grace of God that I'm even able to have these opportunities. Mm. Like there's not like, like much I can say in regards to that. Like people, people will call on me and, you know, if I happen to be available, I'll say yes. I mean, if I'm not, then there's a lot of opportunities also I'll have to turn down. Um, with regards to the Worship Central Canada community, this, again, I've, I said, I mean, there's a consistent theme about right. community in all of this. Um, they are phenomenal musicians, some of our core band, band members of Worship Central Canada, but they're 10 times the people than they are the musicians. Wow. And I say that, I say that like not lightly whatsoever. Um, I think it's easy to just throw that around, especially after you're hearing it so much. Um, but I can say that with full confidence. I will back every single person out on that team um, just because of the way that they conduct themselves. Hmm. They know, they know why they're there. They know. Um, or maybe they don't know why they're there in this, in the sense where you were asking me about like, why am I the guy? I have, I have no idea, but I think even just being able to question why you, why me is a response of the intention of the heart in yeah. terms of, I think that like God can use absolutely anyone else, but somehow we got put together. Mm. And so let's not just play excellently. Let's not just keep our standards high as to what we want to put out there. Um, let's, let's actually like be a community that 
is living and practicing the gospel in ways and shapes and forms outside of just the confines of the music industry. Wow. And I think that's what I see in Worship Central Canada that I don't see in very many artists around the world. I've had the pleasure of like meeting a lot of amazing people, a lot of really amazing artists. And some of them like live up to your expectations. Some of them sometimes don't. Um, but the one thing I can say about that, that WC Canada team is like the heart is absolutely incredible. They're amazing leaders on stage, but off stage, you take that tenfold. Wow. Um, and so the servant heart, the servant hearts, the leadership qualities, um, the compassion, um, the integrity, the integrity is absolutely key. And it's huge from those guys. Yeah. And so um, to fall into a category with them is like, to be honest, it scares me. It challenges me. Um, but I can only, I can only be nothing but thankful. Um, right. So, I mean, so that's, that's the Worship Central Canada team. Um, that's at least the backing band that we have. And it, it, it is flexible. There are, like, uh, different types of teams that we have. Like, even Josh, as you were mentioning, Josh also happens to play on some of the teams, too. Nice. Um, so there are a, a variety of Worship Central Canada teams. We have, like, one team that sometimes travels a little bit more um, than the others and then even does conference. And sometimes I happen to be a part of that. Um, and then, yeah, in regards to playing with some of these amazing artists, it is quite insane. Um, <laughs> like, I can't tell you, as, a, as you know, someone is 26 that has listened to someone like, let's say, Chris Kilala. Um, so we had Chris and JD out yeah. last year. They That's were our right. guests. Um, those two guys were easily some of the most impactful musicians in my life growing up as a teenager. And I got to have that conversation with, with Chris too and just be like, hey, you know, I know that you get this every single time, but you have no idea the type of impact that you actually made on, on my life or you had in my life um, back when I was a teen, like looking up to you. You know, the guy that started off as a drummer, if you guys don't know who Chris Kilala is, check him out. He's part of Jesus Culture. Chris started as a, as a drummer and then, you know, morphed into also being this leader on I think he, he was always like that but like the multi-talented musicianship it's just yeah. it blew me away and then obviously JD some someone that you know um we looked up to you know back when like Hillsong United um was the one band that I could say that 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 like instilled just like this burning desire to be a musician or this passion for for being a musician um, was like listening to, I think it was the Look To You album, Hillsong yeah. United, man. And then United We Stand shortly after that. Those were huge moments for me because I, I had just started to play drums. I think it was around United We Stand. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. I, like, I love all this stuff. So to be able to share the stage um, with them was just absolutely a huge honor. Um, in previous years, we've had Ben Fielding and Kim Walker also. And then, um, yeah, this, this year was Henry Seeley. Steph Gertzinger, um, Taya. Um, and so it was just, it's just an amazing a group of musicians. And what's crazy too, John, is every single one of these people that Peter, our Worship Central Canada director picks for, yeah. this, for this conference, they stay for the entirety of the conference. They're involved in everything and they are some of the nicest people you'll meet. Wow. It's, it's actually incredible. So they share a similar heart and a vision um, and even uh, development of community the same way that we do. And so it, it definitely like the, the, 
the combination of all forces like global and local coming together because i think that's what worship central canada does best is like we empower the global and the local i mean we empower the local church by using also these leaders that are, are empowering the global church and the two coming together is just an absolutely lethal force oh, yeah. which is amazing so i mean this upcoming year we got cody and carrie um carrie job and cody carnes um amanda cook i think has also been announced there on the website too nice um and then luke and anna h from worship yeah. central and there luke is so much fun we got to hang out with him actually earlier this year in in uh edmonton for a conference called Breakforth, which we're yeah. also at again i think it's been renamed to one conference oh, so wow. we're at that in january and um yeah so i mean that's that's it it's it's just very cool it's as as awesome as it is musically because it is amazing musically like henry Seely obviously was probably one of the coolest people to play with in general because that guy is um he's an absolute animal of a musician yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's also just like an incredible guy like yeah. so that was what was really cool it was hilarious because henry was doing his sound check and uh we're all there you know as the backing band we want to honor all the musicians that come by and we want to try and play the the parts as closest to the album as possible yeah um and actually in the process of learning all of Henry's stuff, so the Blogging Co. stuff, um, I sent out uh, Austin a quick message. Austin Davis. If you guys yeah. have not checked out Austin Davis, you need to check out his drumming. He is in, him and Dan McMurray are easily two yeah. of my favorite worship drummers <laughs> out there. They are just absolute beasts. Um, but in, in practicing and learning all of the parts that Austin wrote, I had to send messages like, bro, this is some of the most incredible stuff I have heard. Like sometimes it's just nice to sit and isolate. Like what I like to do is isolate certain instruments uh, in my ears, not necessarily using multi-tracks or anything like that, but just listening to the song right. and then thinking, okay, what exactly are the drums doing here? Or for example, what exactly is the bass doing here? Um, yeah. So like doing that, I was like, I had the chance to to listen to you know Austin's parts, and I was like, "Wow, this is incredible." Some of these parts are are things that I would have just never thought of, and so in doing that, we want to honor obviously Henry coming and trying to play. Obviously, like I'm not going to be Austin Davis. I wish, <laughs> <laughs> but the reality of it being like, "Wow, I can I can learn the parts," um, and I want to honor what Austin did and what Henry created. Um, yeah. So we're going to try to play it as best. Well, you know, with putting our slight spin on certain things. But this is one thing I tell like all musicians, all drummers, especially is know your parts. Mm. Don't show up to practice and not know your parts. Know your parts super well. It's okay to deviate and put your own spin on your parts. As long as you know exactly what the drummer was playing on the record. Yeah. Cause I think that there's a lot of things like I have no, I like, I love, we love rearranging some Hillsong tracks, elevation tracks, all of that every once in a while uh, at our church, but it's not, it doesn't come from a place of no, we we're just going to do it because we didn't like something or we didn't know it. We right. don't know the parts. It's coming from a place of, we know exactly what was played here. Therefore we're going to tweak something to fit, you know, what's going to work best for our service in this realm. Yeah, so, that's um, good. so yeah, so I think playing with all these guys, it, it like, it gets me amped. 
um, there's a lot of like really cool people that have come by and to share the stage with them has been a huge, huge honor. Um, yeah. And I look forward to, to the months and the years to come with all this stuff. But if your Canadian listeners are listening, I know there's lots that actually come from the Toronto area too. Um, conference is happening. I believe it's in March. And so, um, Hmm. I, I would highly recommend getting out here. It's an absolutely amazing experience to see the, the church of Canada coming together. Um, um, yeah. And then obviously having these globally recognized musicians coming in and uh, just empowering us and encouraging us. Um, so yeah, I'd highly recommend if you can get out there, it would be a lot of fun. Super cool. You mentioned <laughs> P- Peter as the main guy. Um, I was at the belongings conference in you meet uh, Pete? September. Yeah. I didn't get to meet him, but I'm oh, pretty no. sure I'm pretty sure I saw him in the, uh, in the front row there. Okay. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And then mm-hmm. there was a speaker, Daniel Johnson, I think, or no, okay. Daryl Johnson, Daryl, Daryl. Yeah. And so he oh. came, they invited him to speak because apparently yeah. it was the same message that yes. he spoke there and the Sealies heard it and they're like, you got to come and do this at our conference. Um, yeah. And it was so good. So good. Yeah. But real quick, a couple of more questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. Who or yeah, who are the main drummers that have influenced your sound? If you could nail it mm. down to like two or three mm. through the years. You mentioned Benny through Greb. Through the years. Yeah, yeah, Benny Greb for sure. I think Benny Greb's right at the top of the list. And it's not because Benny Greb just constantly shreds. Um, yeah. It's because of his placement of, of his kit. The way that he plays in a musical setting. Um, and I think that even though he'll play not pop or rock, yeah. there's certain things that are applicable and they can be transferred over. It's knowing when to play and when not to play. Um, I think that's probably one of the key things that I've had to learn over the years is like, it's great to be able to shred and to show off and to play a cool fill, but if it doesn't fit the narrative of the song, it's just, it's not going to work. And I mean that specifically in the, you know, the the contemporary Christian like music scene, um, or maybe not CCM, but but like contemporary worship scene. We'll just say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think that you have to know one of the one of the things that I I value most, and I'll get back to also your what what you were saying in terms of yeah, like yeah. my favorites. Um, but one of the things that I'm like very very adamant about too is the structure of drums around lyrical content. Mm. Um, so I, I like very much, I have this conversation with one of our music guys named Josh all the time. Um, it's about how, we, how do we actually treat certain components of the song and accent them in regards to where the lyrical content is placed. Um, I, I think more so, more so in Christian music than any other genre, we need to be way more careful. Um, not to say that you won't in pop by any means, in like top 40 pop. But I think especially on a Sunday morning, it's like one of my favorite songs, you know, written by Ben, ben Hastings, you know, and the rest of the guys there at Hillsong was So Will I, you know, 100 right. Billion. Um, it's one of the most poetic and most, most beautiful songs that the, that the church has created or that they created for the church. Um, and the lyrical structure around it and the way that they build and kill and build and, and kill, you know, the music is just so strategically placed. And so beautifully placed that it makes the drums an orchestral piece. And I think that's 
that's one of the things that like I value a lot is how do we can create this, um, this liturgical structure properly in the, in the song itself. Like, obviously we want to be careful with our liturgy on Sunday mornings, but also like, how do we apply this to the song? Like we're telling the story of creation, you know, the fall, you know, and then redemption. And so how do I, how do I dynamically showcase that on the drums? So anyways, that's, that's kind of like that. So for that, with that being said, especially in the, in the music realm, I've seen, of course, someone like Dan McMurray do an absolutely phenomenal job of that. Um, And then even like guys like Simon Kobler, like the Hillsong guys are just like, I pump, love, love those dudes. I got a chance to hang out with Brendan for a couple of days while they were here. And that was a yeah. lot of fun. Brendan probably realized that, I mean, I talk a lot also. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was good fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like, what's really cool is I, yeah, I look up to those guys in a way. Um, I see them as obviously peers. I would love to, a chance to meet them all and obviously thank them for their, you know, their commitment to just honoring, you know, mm. the, the music and the lyrics. Cause I think yeah. they do just an absolutely phenomenal job of that. Um, and it's not something that's actually spoken of too much too. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, yeah, I no, think it's, it's something that, that us drummers can do a much better job with. We can just like, be careful. Let's, let's like actually pay attention to the lyrical structure of the songs and figure out, okay, you know, like there's one line in so will I, for example, um, it's, uh, where is it it's um i can't even remember what line it is it's just like an absolutely phenomenal line um yeah maybe i'll look it up real quick yeah look it up give me 10 seconds here i'm gonna take a bite of this chocolate too you do that you do that let's see and i got it it's like oh my gosh i was like how did i forget this line it's my favorite favorite set of lyrics in christian music today it's at, and as you speak a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so i could find it here if you left the grave behind you so will i i can see your heart and everything you've done every part designed in a work of art called love if you gladly chose surrender so will i um, wow. and there's a yeah. way that i i typically play that song um that just accents that redemptive aspect of of the story of uh, oh, yeah, of, of that story of the song itself. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just such a beautiful um, selection of words. And so as a drummer, I'm looking at it from the perspective of like, okay, how do I like really make this, this huge mm. in the areas that it needs to be made huge? Right, yeah. Um, so anyways, um, in regards to some of the guys, obviously they, that um, I look up just to. Just a question, hold on. Oh, yeah. Do you have a video on Instagram of that part of the song yet? I don't actually. You know what? I might have posted something. Yeah, I remember from Worship so Central Conference. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll I'll yeah. take a look. Okay, yeah. See if you can find it. It would be really cool. I think I have it somewhere. Um, but yeah, I I played this. It was um, a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life. So I could find it here. It's those two lines that I do something random and I, it's just subconscious now because I just yeah. really like those lines a lot. Um, and so I try to highlight that or like make a massive build push in that, I, in that section. I could be wrong, but I think 
it was my wife or someone because mm -hmm. i was i'm big on these kind of things in my oh. drumming as well like cool. see, see billows roll i want to hear something yeah. roll. But I, <laughs> yeah. so if there's an actual name for it i think if i remember correctly it's called an onomatopoeia i don't know how to spell that yeah but yeah, I, it's like someone play yeah someone told me it's like what you're playing is reflective of the word itself hmm. the, or okay. the meaning cool. of the word onomatopoeia yeah. anyways i could be Perfect. way off but yeah. let's move on so yeah other that's cool yeah so benny grepp for sure oh man that guy has been an absolutely huge influence um i i listen to a lot of aaron spears i love aaron spears um so like yeah. all the gospel chops guys like they i mean it's not necessarily what i would necessarily do on a sunday morning by any means but to just see the technique the musicianship displayed it's mm -hmm. incredible tony royster also um so some of these the giants will say yeah. in drumming yeah. today i have been uh, nate smith is a guy that actually i've just recently taken notice of and the way that he grooves oh my yeah, goodness hard. it is it, <laughs> It's incredible. So all these guys, I'm, I'm just like huge fans of. Um, I, yeah, I just will watch, you know, YouTube videos every once in a while. And I was saying in terms of like learning capabilities um, or the accessibility to learning material, even as a whole, like we've never had it better in a time, yeah. in an age. So all of these kids growing up now, they never had to experience the non-YouTube era <laughs> where, you know, you would sit at a drum kit and be like, oh, I don't know how this part goes. Because now there's 50 million covers yeah. of, you know, <laughs> the stand on YouTube. So you right. can learn your parts. So that's, it also goes back to like, you know, being unprepared is not a thing anymore. You can't, like if you are unprepared, it's because you literally are unprepared. It has yeah. nothing to do with you, like, not being able to hear the drums properly in the mix or whatever it happens to be. Um, so yeah, I'd say those guys have played like instrumental roles in like the development of myself and like the types of uh, chops that I'll, I'll play around with. Like I don't post or I don't show any gospel chops, which is really <laughs> funny. So it's hilarious because I'll also take a video. I'm known for this. And I might trigger a whole bunch of people right now. I'm known for producing very little content, but then creating and only posting 15 second clips. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's really funny. I like, I like love to shred at home and on my own time, but I don't really post anything like that um, because it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily reflective of the style that I play live by any right. means. Um, but my, I might actually have to do some gospel covers soon because I think that's, that's, it's funny because everyone just assumes I'll play like this very simple based structure. And for the most part, I definitely do. I, yeah. I love that. Um, but I also like to have a lot of fun on the kit. It's just, there's very few opportunities because of obviously my schedule, the amount of work that I have going on uh, to sit down and actually create content. That's not anything to do with me playing live. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah. But we have some stuff coming. Woo. Yeah. Lots of cool things, including an SPD sample pack and all of that, like working nice. together with some friends. Um, even some of my sponsors um, have, uh, have created and have um, actually given me the green light for like a lot of cool ideas. So 2020 will be a big year. We'll just say that. And hopefully nice. I won't just be posting, you know, 15 second clips of, one song for like eternity. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, I think uh, as time is going, uh, the one last question I want to ask you is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're a busy guy. Uh, you have a lot going on. Uh, when it comes to church world, you're there 6 a.m. all the way to 2. It's like pretty, mm-hmm. sounds like it's very busy and on the go. How do you, on a spiritual note, mm-hmm. how do you stay um you know, focused on what matters most, meaning your heart with God, making sure that that aspect of life is not mm. overlooked. Yeah. Because um, I, I know even in my own life, there are seasons where you're just so busy doing things for God that you're not mm-hmm. actually doing it with God. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so how do you protect your heart basically and um, ensure that through the craziness of life, like you and God are still good. Your heart is still good. The motives are still good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a, that's a loaded question. It's a, it's a tough one because we can't get distracted by the business of life. Um, our relationship, our personal relationship with Christ can't be affected or shouldn't be affected by the business of life. I think, um, yeah, that's, that's always going to be uh, a battle for sure. I think with yeah. the type of schedule that I have, um, I do make time actually to sit, to reflect, um, and even to read scripture once in a while. Um, it's not as consistent as I'd like it to be, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, what I do find myself doing a lot, though, is also um, listening to lots of podcasts. So on my drives, I'll do one of two things. Um, I'll either, and my friends will laugh if they listen to this podcast, every time I drive, and I know my drive's going to be 20 minutes or longer, I usually try and call a friend, any yeah. friend, and just start up a conversation. And it might even be like 1 a.m. in the morning when we're leaving from some gathering or some party or something like that. And we'll, we'll call each other to keep each other you know, awake for the, the duration of our, our ride. So I've started doing, I, like I've been doing it for the last few years. Um, so that's one thing I'll do. The other is podcasting. So not actually doing the podcast myself, but, <laughs> but actually listening to lots and lots of podcasts. So I listen to um, Mark, our, our senior pastor at Village very often because um, there's a lot of amazing series that we've had over the years that I'll like go back and listen to. Um, I listen to a lot of um, political podcasts, which we won't get too much into, uh, but, and a lot of apologetics podcasts specifically. So like, those are the three types of podcasts that I listen to very regularly. But in terms of like how I obviously just check myself um, and grow my relationship with Christ. It's, it's through time of reflection. I think there are times where I have to obviously just take time. If I, if a day is getting too busy, I just have to take a step back in some capacity. Maybe it's for five minutes, taking a breather, like Lord, like I really want to worship you through this tough situation at work, but I also I'm struggling to, you know, keep my language (laughs) non-colorful we'll say that so i mean there's lots of things like that where i i have to check myself i have an amazing group of uh you know friends that keep me accountable and i'd encourage everyone get an accountability partner or Mm. or group of friends like if you're feeling weak if you're feeling down um call someone 
Yeah. You like you have no idea also how God can work through those people in situations of tough times, of obstacles. Um, there's a plethora of stories I could get into, um, but it's it's just crazy. Like in times of of struggle, um, how I've picked up the phone, called a friend, um, and they've prayed with me over the phone um, while they're driving you know, back from work one day. And it's just, it's cool. I think that um, first and foremost, we have to find ways to make time for, you know, our, our relationship to be strengthened um, with God. And I think for myself, how I see that is through prayer and education. And uh, like for myself, I really love like listening to a lot of like Christian apologetics podcasts. And then also I'll listen to various pastors around, around the, the globe too, but mainly like my pastor, Mark, and then um, some, some others like Rabbi Zacharias, you know, William Lane Craig um, are also just like, they're such brilliant minds. And for, for the, uh, the philosophers out there, I highly recommend checking all those guys out because um, I've been able to, to learn um, so much about even my relationship with Christ through some of the things that they, they teach too, which is, yeah. which is cool. So I think it's, it's good to continuously challenge myself. Um, but I, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, have accountability and also be self-aware wherever you can. Mm, like, yeah. I know that I'm not going to be right in every situation. I know that I'm going to mess up. I'm going to fail. Um, but what does that say about like, what's, what's my posture towards the gospel in all of that? Like at the end of the day, like I know that he has won the battle, he's won the war. Um, so how do I live my life in reflection of that? Do I actually give God my time? And I, I just pose that as a question to everyone that's a worship yeah. drummer, like hey, or a, a drummer who happens, or a, I guess a person who happens to play drums um, is how yeah. I'd phrase it, is like, what's my posture always? I'm hitting the stage and where am I at? It's a question I have to ask every single time. It's like, well, sometimes you have to pray that prayer that's like, God, um, find a way to humble me today because my pride is seeping through. And that's a scary prayer, guys. <laughs> yeah. That, and, and there's been moments where like my pride has just come like crashing down or maybe there's something that just needed to happen on a Sunday morning that just re, that refocuses my posture and my attitude, attitude towards, you know, who I am in Christ. Um, and I think that's like a very important thing because it is, I, ha I happen to be a Christian uh, or I am a Christian who happens to be a drummer. I look right. at it from that standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. And if we don't look at it from there, um, I think we're in, we're probably in some dangerous territory um, right. when we're playing drums on stage. So, Well, there you have it guys. Uh, my conversation with John and I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, just in speaking about what he does at uh, Village Church and the commitment and requirement that it takes, all the way to his time playing with Henry Seeley and others at Worship Central Conference, and uh, then, you know, the whole social media bit and how he gets his Instagram content made and all that stuff. Uh, really, really inspiring. And again, thanks, John, for. Uh, spending that time with us. So we have some show notes available for you. You can head to worshipdrummer.com forward slash 030. You can check out the links that were mentioned um, 
as well as some pictures and, and video clips from John. All right. Well, listen, I'm John Manna. This is the Worship Drummer Podcast, and I just want to thank you for hanging out with us today. Always remember, put the heart before beat.